Good morning. I want to I wanna talk a little bit about something that's happening tomorrow. So tomorrow, uh, I got an email from Grace Church. At first, I, I got a message talking about uh, the opportunity. Let me see if I can find it here. to work together with, look at this. Aloha, Pastor Daniel. We have the opportunity to meet with a panel of six people from social services, Maui Police Department, mental health, and medical department to talk to us about the homeless outreaches they do and how we can help serve the community with them. So, they can meet this Monday, tomorrow, from 4.30 to 5.30, and we're gonna meet, have this meeting here, and along with Grace Church, and then I invited the Anglican Church, and we're inviting the homeless heroes, hungry homeless heroes that use our kitchen to prepare food for the homeless already. So to me, this is like a, a way that God does things that is beyond our ability to plan ahead, but the way that God orchestrates the body of Christ coming together and working together. So with this in mind, you know, a lot of times we, you know, we go through things and we were talking about that at the end of the service last Sunday, you know, how things changed. And how, you know, a lot of times you don't understand. I mean, we used to have an after-school program here, and now we don't. You know, but we have this Anglican church using the facility and having a homeschooling thing. And instead of wondering why things changed, I am choosing to surrender and trust God that God is in charge and he's, he knows what he's doing. And then I thought about this passage in uh, 1 Corinthians 3 that I always read in a different light. And, and this week I was, as I was meditating, I was just learning, I think, trying to allow myself to be thankful even when I don't understand it, even when I don't approve <laughs> the way that God does things, right? So he says here, First Corinthians 3, verse 1, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to a spiritual man, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you're not yet able, for you're still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? Are you not walking like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? Right, so this is like basically 
Paul started this church, and then other people came and started preaching, and, and then divisions started. Right? What then is Apollos, and what is Paul? And I think that it goes with your psalm during the worship about oneness. And this is the heart of God. He wants us to work together and to be one body, right? And what is Paul? We're servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted Apollo's water, but God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. But God who causes the growth. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one. But one, but each one will receive his own reward. I'm going, continuing. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So in all of this, I'm just like saying, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to have us connect with other parts of the body, of other ministries. And even if we, we built this place, <laughs> right, and we, we, we created this atmosphere and God entrusted us with this, we are not necessarily going to be doing everything. Even if for years we prayed and we interceded and we prophesied and we, we had all these visions. And yeah, we had uh, 60 people here and now we don't. <laughs> you know, and we had different generations. But now I think that God is allowing us to relate in a different way to the bigger picture of the body of Christ and what he's doing in Maui. And, and to me... You know, we are reading together on Thursdays the book of Jeremiah. And along with our reading, I'm reading this book, Run with the Horses, by Eugene Peterson, that it is all about the book of Jeremiah. And there are a couple of sentences that I was reading this week that really were like a meeting with the Lord for me. And one is this one. Talking to God, I felt... Is always better than talking about God. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I, I, I thought it was like a really important, you know, because a lot of times we, we can get distracted talking about God with one another when what really we need to do is talk to God. And then he continues this uh, those pious conversations, there's always a touch of self-approval about them. <laughs> right? You, this is uh, not by Eugene Pearson, by Therese of Lisieux, I think. 
Anyway, so there's another sentence here that I really loved, and I'm going to read a little bit out, out of this chapter. This sentence is, Believers argue with God. Skeptics argue with each other. I love, I love it. So this is about Jeremiah's life of prayer. What was Jeremiah really like? What did he do when he was alone? When no one was watching, how did he conduct himself? Where there, there was no audience to address, how did he behave? What did Jeremiah do when he was no, not staging confrontations with the religious leaders of Jerusalem? What did he do when he was not standing the people on their ears with his thundering prophecies? What did he do when he was not colliding with temple officials and upsetting the status quo? What did he do when he was not making headlines? Right? Because we read the prophecies. We read, you know, what was written about Jeremiah and what he, he was told to write. He was a praying prophet. There's a single, clear, straightforward answer to those questions. He prayed. Seven passages in the book of Jeremiah are labeled as confessional. In each of these, Jeremiah speaks in the first person. He opens his heart. He reveals what's going on inside while the fireworks are going off outside. A look at Jeremiah in secret does not show him with a few cronies in a bull session swapping stories about God, catching up on the rumors of God. God is not someone or something to be talked about. Nor do we find Jeremiah in a library studying up on God. He did not pour over the volume from Babylonia in order to analyze their beliefs. He did not examine the burial practices of the Egyptians to discover what might be learned about their concept of immortality. God is not an idea to be studied. And we don't find Jeremiah in his desk with pen and paper using his sharp mind and comprehensive intelligence <laughs> to work out answers to the question of God. How can a God permit an evil time? Right? A lot of times we, I, I stop and think, how come God allow, is allowing everything that's going on around us? Right? And we could get distracted talking to other people like, what do you think? And what do you Right? Like the friend, friend, Job's friends. Oh, you did something wrong. You know, you must have done something wrong. You know, and we try to explain or try to understand. God is not a problem to be solved. What we find is Jeremiah praying, addressing God, listening to God. Prayer is the act in which we approach God as living person, a thou to whom we speak, not an it that we talk about. Prayer 
is the attention that we give to the one who attends to us. It is the decision to approach God as the personal center, as our Lord and our Savior. Our entire lives are gathered up and expressed in the approach in the approach. Prayer is the desire to listen to God firsthand, to speak to God firsthand, and then setting aside the time and making the arrangements to do it. Jeremiah's prayer is not pious, not nice, not proper. He speaks what he feels, and he feels scared, lonely, hurt, and angry. Well enough. God's part in the prayer is to restore and save. Before God in prayer, we do not remain the same. The fright and the loneliness and pain and accusation are all there, but they do not stay there. Part, not all, of what Jeremiah was doing was feeling sorry for himself on his knees. God feels our pains, but he does not indulge our self-pity. God is severe with Jeremiah, as Jeremiah was severe with the people. Repent, turn away from that kind of feeling, for it is destructive. Then I will restore you, and you will stand upright, ready to serve again in my presence. It is not enough. Then he, he quotes these verses from Jeremiah 15. I'm going to read. Jeremiah continues to listen. He, he hears this. I will turn you into a steel wall, a thick steel wall, impregnable. They will attack you, but you won't put, they won't put a dent in you because I'm at your side, defending and delivering. So this is like Jeremiah was facing all this resistance, this opposition. And God, in the first chapter, talked to him about that. And then in chapter 15, he repeats it, the same word. And then uh, the book continues. He heard these words once in his youth, Jeremiah 1. Everything God said then, he says, is still. The promise is still in effect. It is not enough to remember. We must hear again. Prayers is the act in which we hear it again. Isn't that awesome? Prayer is a, is a waiting on the Lord where you are reminded of the words that he spoke to you already. So it's not enough to just remember you have to hear it again, and that you do that when you're praying. It is not enough to carry memory verses around with us. We need daily encounter with the resonant voice of God. Prayer is that encounter. Situations change. Does God change? We pray, we listen, God speaks his word again, the same word and we are restored and renewed in our commitment. The word of God does not change. 
And my call does not change. But the relationship is under constant assault and must be renewed constantly. Resolve is essential, but not enough. In prayer, God provides renewal. Prayer is not so much the place where we learn something new, but where God confirms anew the faith to which we are committed. I bless this for us because I think that as we, we persist, you know, it says when God, Jesus was teaching about prayer, he said, knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking, you know, and you will find it and the door will open. You know, and I think that as we, this is at least what I've been feeling, you know, it's like as we have been standing firm on the word, and I've been seeing in my life, in my circumstances, the Lord confirming the word and the Lord being faithful to his word. And just like with Jeremiah, you know, the life of Jeremiah is a, a very, I think, a picture of what we go through in our walk with God a lot of times, you know, and it's not always easy. And a lot of times you feel the, the resistance, but you feel also the faithfulness of God as Jeremiah was standing. And I bless that for us, you know, because to me, and, and again, going back to what I, you know, maybe we've planted Somebody else is going to water, but what matters is what God is doing in the bigger picture and bringing his people together in relationships that are going to not only change the community. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for this, this connection tomorrow, for instance, to bring a way that we, we can work together and participate in the community because that's really what God is looking for. So we thank you, Lord for what you're doing. We thank you. I think that for me, it's all of that, but I think that thankfulness, being grateful, changes the, the perspective and changes the way that, you know, because then instead of me whining, oh, we don't have this anymore and we don't have that anymore, then I, I'm, when I, I finally, I, I, it was a, a decision that I had to make. I'm, I'm going to stop talking about it, and I'm going to be thankful because God is bigger, and He is in charge, and He is in control, and He knows what He's doing. So instead of going like, oh, it's not the way that I thought it was supposed to be, it's not the way that I, I had a picture in my mind, it is way bigger, and it is probably better. And, and it, then what I'm saying is it changes everything. It's because then you go like, okay, God, you know what you're doing. You know, it's like Psalms 139. You, know, you knew me even before I was born and you had a plan for my life. And you, so instead of fighting you, you know, I'm going to join you <laughs> with a trust, you know, a ruthless trust. You know, so I'm blessed that because to me, you know, that, and we talked about that last Sunday, you know, we have an opportunity. You know, you have this opportunity, and every day we have an opportunity to participate. And I bless this meeting tomorrow. You know, that the Lord is in charge, 
and that he can bring, you know, this group of people together in different churches and, you know, and, and these homeless uh, heroes, hungry homeless heroes, you know, that are not part of any church, but they have a heart for the homeless. You know, and, and in that, you know, I'm, I'm saying, Lord, you can do anything. You know, you can bring answers out of nothing. And, and even if the, the county cannot, you know, solve the problem, you, you, you can solve the problem. And you can help us to participate with whatever we can. You know, and we, a lot of times we, we don't have the energy and the time, but we, there are people that just need to come and be plugged in. So to me, I'm saying, Lord, I, I'm tired of fighting you. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm tired of, of you know, that, that sentence. You know, believers argue with God. Skeptics argue with each other. So instead of arguing with one another, I want to be talking to you like Jeremiah is talking to you yeah. and be honest with you. Yeah. Amen.